Good morning. Today's WGO podcast. The dictation walk. Yes. I point out the form factor only because anybody new to the podcast might notice immediately that there's some background noise and uh, huffing and puffing and sometimes clearing of the throat. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if uh, things were different and we could... Uh, have a nice air-conditioned studio with high-end equipment and an assistant to help me do research and, and book the guests and, and such, then we'd be doing that. But right now, this is what we do. We get this done as we get our morning walk in because it's important and it's something that uh, I hope you'll be able to support moving forward because if we don't stake out what it is we're trying to achieve as a species, as, a, as humanity, especially in this country, in America right now, because we are uniquely positioned that whatever we do here tends to provide some leadership in the world. Again, that's not imposition of our will on everybody. It's just lead by example, right? You show a different way than what humans have done before. So uh, what I'd like to share is some, some of a recent trip that I took from Florida to upstate New York and back. Uh, going through some personal issues right now. I was trying to put some things back together and it was a little ill-advised. I didn't have good input on this. I was told one thing and ended up being something totally different. So that, just a little premature. It's too early to go back right now. So, spare you the details or save those for another time. Um... But what that trip allowed me to do was, yet again, take in some observations of what's going on right now in the country and how people are uh, living and just some of the differences across sections of the country. Now, as I left Florida, the first thing I noticed that something that is starting to really bother me is This country needs infrastructure, and we need infrastructure maintenance. Uh, What I mean by that is the freeways and the, the, well, really the entire trip, with rare exception, very crowded, very high speed, very, very dangerous. And there's evidence of people's economic struggles, as I've seen many broke down cars along the way, Uh, obviously several traffic, traffic accidents, which is also problematic because... It's really inconvenient when you're trying to travel and get somewhere and you're kind of on a timeline. We all are like this. And someone's machine, someone's car, they're either either, uh, not driving a safe vehicle or they're very distracted with their phone or or complacent. And next thing you know, they're getting in a wreck, which often can be a chain reaction, reactive affecting multiple vehicles. There can be fatalities at those speeds easily. You got tractor trailers, lots of them flying up those roads too. The speed limits in these areas are posted at 70. Everybody's doing 80 or more. And frankly, we, we need to travel at those speeds. It's just our infrastructure is not made to do it. And our economic struggles are such that not everybody can afford to keep themselves in a safe transport to safely travel at 80, 90 miles an hour. But beyond, beyond, honestly, beyond 80, 80, 85, 90 miles an hour, it gets a little unstable, right? 
if your vehicle's not made to travel at those super high speeds, like I drive a truck, beyond 80, I'm not that interested. Could probably do 90 on certain open stretches safely. But after that, it's just any little micro adjustment that you need to make driving. There's too much wobble. It's too dangerous. So, um, I know I'm not interested in that. Dangerous driving. But So getting back to the point, the infrastructure is definitely way too small. It's not made for the speeds at which we need to travel. And we want to travel. Okay, We need, we need to want to travel at those higher speeds. And... Um, So they're, they're too small. They're not made for the speeds at which we like to travel. The economic stress that I see in people's transports is all around me. I saw tons of vehicles that looked like they were all, you know, barely holding on, parts falling off of them. You know, again, several people broken down, especially when it got dark the first night of the run. I'm getting up into you know, the coastal Georgia and South Carolina regions. Multiple, and it's pitch black dark, and people flying up the, in the highways, and now there's people breaking down. And the maintenance of the infrastructure, I really got to talk about that for a minute. We, as a country, are so freaking, so misled. We, we do not have good leadership. We don't have the proper funding mechanisms. We can't do the maintenance that we need to do. And what I mean by that is we, we got to do street sweeping everywhere, every day. There were chunks of metal in and along the side of the roadsides. I'm talking like literally saw... You know those thick bumpers on the back of a U-Haul or rider truck? I saw that in the road, in the dark, at 80 miles an hour, heading up through, it was either in Georgia or South Carolina, I saw that. It was unbelievable. And that was, the, and I'm not trying to be, you know, how, you know, leftist. Oh, sorry. That kid startled me. Uh, you know, leftists tend to be get, get all excited about one thing. They pick one fucking thing and then try to make it the policy for everybody and just punish everybody with their nonsense. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this was one of many pieces of debris. I saw bumpers, you know, like plastic bumper molded pieces. Uh, God only knows what kind of nails and screws and things of that sort were in the road. Saw part of a ladder. And I, and I saw this on the way down, too. I mean, just metal that if, it, if you hit that at the right speed, right angle, it's taking you out, bro. It's going to take your fucking car out. It's going to take your tire out. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill somebody behind you. I mean, who knows? So dangerous. So in addition to busting our infrastructure out, I mean, it needed an extra two lanes on each side just to make it open so people got some space. And frankly, the lane size needs to increase a little bit. It's just too damn tight, especially if it starts raining. It's just too tight. So... We need to really, really get get in front of that, especially in these higher density corridors. Um, we need to get in front of that. And, 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 you know, to Elon Musk's point, if it makes sense to tunnel in certain areas for certain types of transportation, let's do it. Let's. Why are we playing games? You know, if we need to have tunneling to keep things, you know, away from animals and you can, you know, even theoretically really have a... Uh, a box, kind of like we do in the rail industry with PTC, positive train control. You have a box that where if you enter into and pay the toll or pay the fee for the tunnel network, you get to take a nap and the truck can drive itself because it's got a box that's interfaced with the tunnel system. And because it's just so many less variables in play, you know, in a high-speed run, you could do a high-speed run like that, right, in a tube. But anyway, that's a little, little more fancy ceiling, obviously. But 
exp- expansion and beefing up what we have now and also um, maintaining it. And daily, when I notice I said daily sweeps, that's all freeways and side roads and by roads and, and city streets because I had three nails in my tire in Rochester before I came down here. Three nails within like a two-month period. Guys, that, there's way too much shit in these fucking roads. Okay? And again, this doesn't get solved with our heads in our asses and pointing fingers. I don't like Democrats. I don't like Republicans. Donald Trump this, fucking Joe Biden that. Oh, I like AOC. I don't like any of them because none of them are talking about sweeping the fucking roads every day. They're all just trying to pad their constituents and their little vested interest groups with getting their big multi-million dollar, billion dollar contracts to do this, that, and the other. There will be some progress. I mean, there will be something you could point to see to say, oh, look, I built that bridge. Or, oh, look, I built that interchange. But does it really get holistic? Does it really do things better, faster, cheaper? Or does everything become another big dig? Boston big dig, you know, where it's outrageously expensive and takes forever. And it is fall, you know, to get tiles falling down in the end because... You know, you got poor leadership on the job. You got people aren't getting paid very much to do the grunt work. I mean, it's just a mess how we do things in this country. Everything takes too long. There's too much bureaucracy. There's too much corruption. You end up with more or less slave labor, people miserable fucking slave labor because they're not being led. Nobody, you know, let's get shit done. We're going to build a fucking road. Let's do it this summer. Let's do it now, you know? If it takes us five years to build a bridge or a huge interchange now with modern techniques, we have to speed that up. What are you, you going to tell me this is the best we can do? We, we couldn't even build this stuff 100 years ago. So we, have, we went from not being able to do it, you know, the slip form concrete and that sort of thing, to being able to do it like this, and it looks cool, but let's, can we speed it up? Can we, can we make, knock a zero off the price tag? Give me a fucking break. So first thing I noticed was the infrastructure. If you're not noticing, you're not paying attention. And oh, by the way, when we do infrastructure, if if needed, if we need a new electrical grid or a secondary electrical grid, let's if and if buried makes sense, you've heard me say before, I want walkways, you know, sidewalks where you can do biking, e-bikes or walking, a secondary set of roadways along every single road in America, freeways. Uh, country roads, the freeways can't be done fine. Country roads and all the side streets and city streets and local, local, local streets. No? Sorry, interruption. Sorry, well, you know, if, it, if it's got to be that, fine. But, but if you can you need to bear utilities or redo sewer and water, power, fiber, natural gas, you know, if you need to do that new plumbing, do that there. And do it underground on these, underneath these sidewalks or beside these sidewalk quarters so that the maintenance can be fairly uniform. And you could trade an army and you could build it such that it's, in general, as a principle of everything, not only better, faster, cheaper, more relevant, less bullshit, less bad leadership, but also integrating a new American labor deal. So you're trying to get to where wherever you're doing, you're doing it in short bursts. You're asking a worker to do three, four hours of labor in a day, a really productive, high-end productive day, 
as opposed to languishing around forever, eight, ten hours, you know, everybody's tired, nobody's seeing their families, nobody's got energy or strength to get better as a person. So we want to integrate that into all of the, all of the stuff that we do really going forward. And I lost my train of thought. Oh, so better, faster, cheaper with the new American labor deal, DNA. In other words, you're specifically trying to engineer these jobs in such a way that requires far less of the worker in terms of their time. And their productivity is double, triple, ten times because you've, you, you've rethought how you're going to build this thing. And you're doing it with that in mind. But you're also doing it with the ease of maintenance and the recyclability to the extent it can be done. Those are also things that go into the mix. So you've got this overarching humanomics-focused effort to make life better for the workers and for the people that are going to build these things, be it businesses or infrastructure, whatever. We're talking about infrastructure right now. So you're baking that into the cake. You're also baking in the future maintenance into the cake. And what made me think of that was if it makes sense to have buried utilities. And again, I need to do a little bit of vetting with that first. But if you're going to build sidewalks along these new roads, and you're going to do it so that so that people aren't dependent upon cars and trucks, they can get into an electric bike or walk or ride a bicycle safely, segregated away from road traffic that's very dangerous, then... If it made sense to do the barrier utilities, you integrate SCADA systems, you know, supervisory controlled data acquisition systems or whatever, so that when there's a problem with power or there's a loss of pressure or water or gas or some type of leak is detected or there's a clog somewhere, that you can sense that and you can send the crew to the area quickly. And it's been designed in such a way, and the tools and the training and stuff is so clean that they literally know where to go, and they can pull up a video, a manual, a sheet, if they haven't memorized it already, and just run through the process, and the tools are nicely in their little baggie. You know, you're cutting a lot of the clutter and the junk out. And the, and the objective is to make life better for society and for the worker, not just for the capitalist, not just for the vested interest of the owner or the money. So yet, you know, we had these real needs that we're always meeting serving capital. But why don't we have these real needs and serve ourselves as well? Okay? So that's what I observed on the infrastructure side. Those are my thoughts. And people, of course, uh, you know, there's always naysayers. Oh, you can't do that. That's impossible. Well, bullshit. That's not, that's not factual at all. <laughs> you heard me say what I'm more concerned about is do we need to refactor how we do things or the chemistry involved with you know, some of the materials, some of the material sciences, or do we need to you know, do, do things like buried utilities offer you anything or does that create new headaches that you don't really want? Is it better to have them above air? Those are some things I've just got to talk and think through better because I just don't know. I would assume buried's better, better, buried's better because... It's, it's less prone to corrosion of the elements and windstorms. And frankly, it's just aesthetically more pleasing, right? It looks better when you don't have the jangly wires fucking dangling all over the place all the time.
But, you know, what do I know? But this whole idea that you can't do any of this is absolute garbage. Absolute bullshit. So, the next thing I observed. Everywhere, from the first stop, and I've been seeing this, I'm seeing what I'm calling the, an unofficial labor strike in this country. And the talking points, much like our political discourse, are garbage. People are saying, hey, they don't need to go back to work because they're getting welfare benefits. That's the standard talking point. Well, that may be part of it for some people, but has it ever dawned on any of you people that the jobs just fucking suck? I mean, why should somebody want to go trade their entire day away for peanut money and they can't afford to have a life for themselves at all? Not even close. You know, you're talking 10, 15 bucks an hour. People are saying, Democrats are like, it's a living wage, 15 bucks. We care. You can't live on 15 bucks an hour. Hell, 20 bucks an hour is not even 40 grand a year. And you can't, you can't really afford to live on that. I'm talking, when I say live, I'm talking the assumed end goal for everyone is a baseline economic security package, which I call the American middle class lifestyle for all. In other words, there's a basket of goods and services that everybody more or less wants. So I'm not talking about roommates. I'm talking about your own fucking house or your own apartment. I say house because everybody wants privacy, right? I mean, some people might want to live in a village setting or a building, but a lot of us want single-family dwelling. So that's the assumption. People want a nice, private, secure, clean place to live. You can't afford that. On Really, you can't afford it on less than 50 bucks an hour. To have a single-family home and a car and the utilities and do anything, you're talking $100,000 a year U.S. dollars right now. That's in just an average market. I'm not talking about an expensive market. And all of them are going up anyway. It's all converging to capture and, and permanently enslave and, and keep in debt dual, fam, dual earner families. And woe be to you if you don't make at least $100,000 a year as, a, as an economic unit, as a family or a person. Good fucking luck. That's ridiculous. So, as I'm coming up, I'm seeing it. Like, I stop and get, get uh, dinner. And I hear a guy on the phone complaining about it. He's like, well, if they don't care, I don't care. He's flipping around, talking on his phone. Uh, talking about his employer. Um, I've sensed a general malaise and slow, slow working for a lot of places. That's, we've all seen that. I see lines. You go in to get a water in a convenience store or a gas station on the way on the way up the road. There's a freaking line. It's because no one, there's no not enough workers. And why should they? It's a terrible job. You stand there and they want to act like they're doing you a favor, paying you twelve bucks an hour. Why should they? So instead of having a nasty tone, saying getting pissed off that these guys won't take the slave labor job, why don't you start looking at yourself in the mirror and say, why would you want to stand there? All day for 12 bucks an hour. So you're going to literally pay, take a paycheck home that's not even going to come close to giving you any kind of good life. And you expect people to just joyfully whistle do, fucking zippity-doo-dah out of that? Get out of here. We could do better than that. So I saw evidence that we very much need a whole new game plan when it comes to American labor. A whole new deal. And, I, and my, mine is a, a lot more money for a lot less hours. And a, and a lot better leadership, and 
deployments of technology and such so that we can all work in a nice, clean, safe environment, not this gross, disgusting, overly complicated thing that requires way too much slave labor that no one wants to do anymore. So we have a lot of work to do. The other thing is, I'm sure I'm not the only one that doesn't want to work around a herd of other people and listen to all their drama. I'd rather have work by myself or with you know, maybe one other person or something. So we can rethink the way we run our businesses to require far less labor and it's compensated far more and asked far less of your time. Again, liberating you to do whatever else you want to do, including nothing. If that's your trip, you want to do nothing, fine. So evidence of that everywhere. There's not nearly enough people working. The people that are working look down and out, often filthy, unhealthy. I mean, I saw some stuff that was unbelievable, actually. And I have compassion and empathy for it, but at the same time, it's like it's, it's annoying to me that we're just going to keep perpetuating this nonsense as a society. This is not what a great nation does. A great nation wants life better for everybody. And I'm not talking about some communistic sense, some leftist talking point way. No. I'm talking about rethinking how we present economic opportunity to people. Where, yes, society expects you to do something, but it doesn't demand it. And it provides such a way that when you do something, you're not trading away every minute of your life and all of your energy and life force for a pittance salary that gives you a terrible life. That's a terrible deal. No wonder nobody wants to take that deal. That deal sucks. And... You, when I say get your head out of your ass, you not being honest about how shitty it really is, is the problem. Because the politicians on the left or the right and the two-party system we have in this country, they know you ain't going to do shit. They know you ain't going to do shit. They know you're going to continue on. In fact, they can get a lot of you to beat up these, quote, lazy bums for not going to do this, quote, slave labor bullshit. And all leftists want to do is, is, is create some new bureaucracy that somebody's going to get mired in so that they can pad their wallets and bureaucracies and budgets with their bullshit. I mean, they're no better. They're just different. So we need a new American labor deal. What you get is more money, less time, less bullshit, which means better leadership, a better business model where people are not working in filth. Have you seen... A convenience store lately? Have you seen a gas station? Have you really paid attention to the restaurants you eat at? It's disgusting, people. Trash. It's too cluttery. It's too much clutter. And nobody cares. To get people to care, you got to care about them. We need a new American labor deal. It's all everywhere. Also, as luck would have it, I had dinner in a place up in Pennsylvania, and the waitress told me that her full-time job was investigating welfare fraud and food stamp fraud. And I myself was in need of some assistance temporarily going back to New York, given the circumstances that I mentioned earlier. I needed a little bit of a, like a bridge assistance myself, which... For me to get would be signing a lien on my home, which I was not going to do. Uh, So 
I will not be getting any help. I'm sure if I really want to go down the rabbit hole of that, I could probably get some type of assistance, but who really wants to fool with it? But more importantly, there's a lot of people in the cracks and crevices of our country that very much do get welfare or get food stamps or other forms of assistance. And again, a lot of people, depending upon their political party, have a major problem with this. And it is pretty gross right now. It's gross in that the process is humiliating. It's slow. It's clunky. It's not clear. The people using this stuff are getting coached by people who have a vested interest in perpetuating this. So the government types I mentioned earlier. You get a whole army of people that coach and condition and sign people up for benefit programs from our government. And then a lot of times, not all, but a lot of times, this crowd that receives these benefits are involved with all kinds of corrupt, crazy shit that I was unaware of before talking to this person. She's like, oh yeah, we have all kinds of fraud. People trade food stamps and stuff for guns, ammunition, drugs, booze, cigarettes, sex, she's talking about freaking human trafficking and sex stuff that are paid for with food stamp fraud. <laughs> so that whole thing is beyond fucked up. And that's where I would probably advocate UBI, where, like Andrew Yang says, you just, you know, maybe high water mark what we've done now. Just let it stay where it's at. Just like the school budgets, by the way, too. This is the high water mark. It's not going to go up from here. And let's let attrition and as people go out of the system or die out of the system, that doesn't get backfilled with new bullshit. And instead, we implement UBI, get rid of all these other layers of government and programs, and people just get money in an account. And with that money, they can rent a place to live, pay for the utilities, pay for whatever, including if they want to sit around and do bong rips all day and fucking drink beers. I don't care, and you shouldn't either. Where you should care is if said person starts to impose on your freedoms and liberties. In other words, attacks you, uh, starts stealing from you, tries to hurt one of your kids or hurt you. Then, then that person gets very quickly apprehended and gets a timeout. Goes to a timeout center, we'll call it, instead of a prison industry complex. A timeout center. It ain't manby-pamby. It's like, no, they're going to get a timeout. They're going to reflect on what they did and why they got there. And... If needed, they can receive some, some counseling services or some education or some job placement or something so that they they don't become a, a problem for society. And the ones that just can't handle it, maybe they stay there for a bit. Maybe they stay there indefinitely because maybe they're just mentally not going to be able to be integrated into society. I suspect most folks, if you fix the economics, will never end up in there, there to begin with. So UBI, universal basic income. In other words, everybody gets money. Or everybody below a certain income level gets money. People have a real problem with that. But especially against the backdrop of um, increased automation and you're not being needed as much, which really, if we cut the bullshit out of society, about half your jobs are worthless. If you guys are sitting in an office doing... HR, accounts payable, 
basic lawyer functions, basic medical functions, basic this, basic that, <laughs> even teachers, you don't need that. We don't need it. We just have it because it's a jobs program. And we have the momentum of what we've always done. And we're still a slave to that. So again, let me wrap up. i gotta, I got to get busy on something. I was able to bear witness to the need for infrastructure, better, faster, cheaper, more open in terms of space to accommodate faster transports. That has a maintenance program component built in to where we're constantly sweeping the roads of debris and trash and nails and chunks of metal. We need a set of walkways and bikeways and e-bikeways along each of these roads so that people don't have to be in the cars to begin with. And possibly we need high-speed high automated tunnel systems so that people can take a long run like the one I just did and they didn't pop themselves in a, in a pod or something and zip up there in no time away from the animals and away from the other traffic, the surface traffic. We need a new American labor deal because Americans are not making ends meet. The cost of living is far beyond what any wage could ever pay. And everybody's fucking miserable and not wanting to do it anymore. And we can fix that. It doesn't have to be that way. Humanomics, uh, my book Humanomics, is going to really take that front and center. That's going to be a massive part of that of that effort. And please support the podcast and please support Humanomics when it's published. Please. I need your help. The idea of this podcast is if it, it ultimately becomes a bunch of small supporters... And it grows into a big political action group or political action party or pack, whatever it needs to be, so that we can create this new economic reality for everybody. The humanomics. Making the numbers work. All right, we can, we should, we must. I got to roll out. Have a good day, y'all.